Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together and giving us the opportunity to discover not only Mary's role in God's plan of salvation, but some of the history or the background to this important role, this most important person. So we thank you for this time and we ask that you open our minds and our hearts and let us hear what it is you want us to hear rather than what is said. So we thank you for this time together. We thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name. Is it a little too warm in here for most people? All right. I was told that last week uh, some people were cold in the back there, and so that's why uh, I cranked the heat up a little bit, but uh, we don't want it to be too warm, because then I put people to sleep. So. Uh, one extreme or the other, you know. Today, I want to go through and review what we have learned so far. Because I've heard people say, from past experiences, that once we have finished a particular book or passage of the the Bible, then, oh, they can set that aside, they don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's not really the case. For a person that is truly devoted to God through the Bible, through the church, they should carry forward what they have learned. So that it applies because the Bible, everybody know what a Rubik's, Rubik's Cube is? Rubik's Cube? Alright, the Bible is very much like that. There's 73 books in the Bible. They all have a particular purpose. They all um, point to the event of Jesus Christ and his life, birth, and death, death, Oh, man. (laughs) Well, good. I'm I'm glad you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, sometimes everything that can go wrong does. Anyways, but the, the whole idea of the event of Christ is what is important. And every part of the Bible really points to that in some way. In fact, I'm going to read a passage today that was from your first reading of the Mass today. Okay? Let me, do, let me do that now. Because it really kind of works into what we have been talking about in the past. Okay? This is from the second book of Samuel, uh, chapter 7. It says, Now then, and this is To give you a little background here, once David, King David, was elected uh, king by unanimous decisions of all the leaders of the uh, 12 tribes of Jacob, uh, he decided that he wanted to build a special uh, house for the Lord, he called it. That would have been a temple. Up until this particular time, now we're talking about over 500 years from the time of uh, 
Moses to the time of King David, the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's presence or these, um, the sign of God's presence among his people, the Ark of the Covenant was sort of carried around many different places. There were interesting stories in the Bible about it getting lost and held ransom by uh, the Philistines and so forth and so on. I won't go into all of that. But it was housed in a tent, a special tent made for its purpose uh, to reverence the Ark of the Covenant as God's presence among them. But David wanted to build a temple. And God said no. He had other plans. Someone else, his son, was going to build the temple. And he could build a palace. That is, David could build this palace. But let me read here because there's some significance behind all of that. It says, this is Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 8 is where I'm starting. It says, now then, Speak thus to my servant David. This is God speaking through the priest Nathan. All right. The Lord of hosts has this to say. Was it not I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel? I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make uh, famous, make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. You see, this is the furtherance of God's plan of salvation, which we've talked about all along. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals you, reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm it is he who shall build a house for my name, and I will make his royal throne forever. And I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And if he do, does wrong, I will correct him with the rod of men and with human chastisements. But I will not withdraw my favor from him as I withdrew it from your predecessor, Saul whom I remove from my presence. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand forever. And Nathan reported all of these words and the entire vision to David. Talk about plans for people. We've talked about God has a plan of salvation and he has a plan for each one of us. Not only at the ancient times of the Old Testament 
but every one of us has a part to play in God's plan of salvation. And we have talked over a period of time about various people who had parts to play in this time of um, the Old Testament and then into the New Testament. So, let me ask you some questions so I can get a sense of what you have uh, learned and hopefully remember. Why did God create mankind and, quote, all that is, end quote, in the first place? Hmm? To love him. All right. In the other one. Yeah, to believe in him and learn in his teachings. To believe in him and learn in his teachings, right. Okay. Any other answer? So he could share his, so could share his yes. That's probably the most important. The others are important too and they fit into that. God being love, not only a sign of love, an instrument of love, but being love itself. Love needs to be shared, and therefore God's sole reason for creating mankind and all of the things that were needed to support mankind, God did it out of love. But after mankind's sin, why did God continue to work with man? He still needed to share his love. Yes. Very important. Because the whole plan of salvation had to continue. Yes, Elisa. And he needed partners to do that. All right. That's really part of the, the next question you might say, but that's fine. Okay. So, what did God do to assure Abraham, one of his partners... And others, the idea of partners. In this plan of salvation, because it was for mankind and through mankind that God was going to implement this plan of salvation, he had to pick certain people uh, to help him. Because it is only by the people helping people could this actually be accomplished. And that is what the idea of each of us having a role in God's plan of salvation is all about. People helping people. All right. So he chose certain people. Now remember, this wasn't one of the last minute things or as time went on, he found, well, somebody down the line was going to be okay. He knew this all up front. God being perfect and knowing everything about mankind and everything else from beginning to end was aware of and created these people for these special roles. Okay. One of these special roles was Abraham. So what did God do to assure Abraham and others of his intentions? He made a covenant with them. Yes. A covenant is something like a contract but actually deeper. A covenant is a giving of oneself to another person or group of persons and 
asking for them to give themselves back. The whole idea of the creation of Adam, of uh, Abraham, I'm sorry, and his family on down the line was to start a family and a community, a nation of people who would be the focal point of God's love, but for the purpose of their loving each other and then reflecting that love out to all the other nations. Unfortunately, that didn't succeed the way God wanted it. All right, we sort of covered the next question here. What was God's method of implementing this plan? Okay. So, who were some of the people that helped in implementing this plan? Okay, we already mentioned Abraham. And then from this reading, we mentioned David. Uh, Moses was in between those two time-wise. Uh, was extremely important. All right. Then you had other people, such as the judges uh, and various priests. Um, Nathan, that we mentioned here, was also one of the of the judges. Uh, Samson was another, and then there were a couple of women that were judges and so forth in there. Okay. <clears throat> so, we've covered some of this. Uh, what great gift did God give to mankind and why? His son. Yes. Very important because that is sort of the most important part of the plan up to this point. Okay. The idea of giving his son. Mankind after sin had no way to go back and ask for God's forgiveness and show it in a way that would satisfy the laws of divinity. Okay? Uh, so, from the time of Adam and Eve, uh, thus far, the gates of heaven were closed, even though there may have been good people uh, who died during that period of time, they had to wait until God opened the gates of heaven again. And the only way that they could do that, or he could do that, was to give mankind something that was divinely special in order to be offered on behalf of mankind back to God as a sacrifice. You know, there was no Saturday confessions in those days. You know, uh, There was no perfect act of contrition in those days. There was no uh, sacrifice in those days that were sufficient uh, for remission of sin. And so God had to give mankind something. And so all he could give him was part of himself. And that was through Jesus Christ. Remember, the Trinity is a single God. We have only one God. But that God is made up of three divine persons. And so the second person of the Trinity was given to man and became man through one of the partners, Mary in this case, 
and he then grew up like every other human being does because he was fully human and fully divine and he then grew up to take on the sins of all mankind take them to the cross as the divine sacrifice on behalf of mankind to open the doors of heaven and the remission of sin. Now, we mentioned Mary because God wanted to be, wanted to represent mankind. He did so by Christ coming as a babe just like everyone else. And he had to have a very special partner. This partner was mentioned way back in the book of Genesis. So we know that God had planned this idea of a special partner long before time began. And this is something that is extremely important. Uh, and it has caused a number of problems throughout Christianity, the history of Christianity. And that is the idea of Mary's role in God's plan of salvation. So we want to take this very carefully and explore it. Because... Um, I feel it's the most important subject we could discuss within the context of this uh, Bible study group in this session. The whole idea of the incarnation. The incarnation. What does the word incarnation mean? Anyone have an idea? If you think about it, and if any of you, I'm sure there's several people in here who must know Spanish. What about the word flesh? Carne? Carnitas? Alright. The word incarnation means that God took on human flesh, became, becoming a human being in all respects. Not giving up his divinity in any way. So that he was fully God and fully human at the same time. In theological terms, this is called the hypostatic union. The idea of a divine and a human person being in one body. Human body. And that had to be because Christ represented all mankind. And yet he was still God, giving himself back to the Father in the form of a sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. So the whole idea of the incarnation, the birth of Christ through a woman, a human being, had to be dealt with in a very special way. Because God was perfect and divine. And we've said this before. Divine perfection, divine purity cannot live 
in the body of or be associated with sinful mankind for any period of time whatsoever, regardless of how small or how great. So, God, in his infinite plan, had to do something that was very unique, very different from all other humanity. He had to create a woman. And remember the term woman used in uh, the story of God condemning the serpent way back at the time of Eve. He had to create a woman who was perfectly pure, totally free of sin, totally free of all sin. We talk about original sin. I want to digress for a minute here. A lot of people are confused about original sin, and I've heard many, many people say to me, why should I be saddled with the sins of Adam and Eve? Okay. Well, let me give you a little story. Supposing, and I'm, I've got a particular person in mind, uh, and I'll tell you that later. Supposing you were born into a family that was extremely wealthy, you know, and had everything. You had servants, and partic- this particular family that I'm thinking of, uh, there were three children, and each of the in- children had his or her own uh, servant to just follow him around and or her around and take care of everything. They had everything possible. But during the Depression, they lost everything. Or supposing in any family, like the Bernie Maida, made up the thing here recently. A man who had billions and is now in jail because he did something stupid. But in the general idea, if you are born into a family like that, that had everything possible given to you, and through something stupid that your parents did, you lost everything. Everything. And you started out with nothing but the clothes on your back. How would that affect you and your children? Okay. You have to start out again. Your children would have to be satisfied with what you could provide them and nothing more. And their children would have to follow. Sure, eventually maybe some of those children would grow up to be very wealthy, but that was totally outside the realm of this original family. So we are like this particular family. The one family that I'm thinking about is Catherine Graham, the owner and the director, well, she's passed away now, but the owner and the director of the Washington Post. She was born into a family like that, that had everything. They had their own servants. She had a sister and a brother, and each one had its own servant. Um, But during the Depression, 
they lost virtually everything except the Washington Post, and the father died. So Catherine Graham inherited this and built it up into a major uh, newspaper vehicle. Okay, that's kind of beside the point. But there are people like that. But I'm using that only here to illustrate what original sin is. It is the sins of whatever our first or whoever our first parents were. And before that, if you go back to the story of Adam and Eve, while or before sin, God and Adam and Eve could associate together at their will because it was like they were in heaven. But after sin, they had to be uh, expelled from the Garden of Eden and be out on their own. All right? The same kind of thing. And their children had to fend for themselves in the same way and down through the ages. That is what original sin is all about. Now, part of the effects of original sin is our inclination to take the easy way out and do things that are easy or do things that are fun, even though they may be wrong. Uh, Part of that consequence of original sin is death. And there are a number of other things we could go into, but I think you got the idea. All right. Getting back to our story of the incarnation. God had to have a pure vehicle, one who was not uh, connected in any way with sin. And so Mary was created in the womb of her parents without the effects of this original sin. So the idea of the Immaculate Conception refers to Mary and her conception in the womb of her mother does not pertain to Jesus Christ. That is something that many people get confused with. The Immaculate Conception has to do with Mary's conception, not Christ. The conception of Christ is referred to as the virgin birth. But the conception of Mary in the womb of her mother, St. Elizabeth, was a special intervention of God and allowing this creation to be something that was pure, perfect, and was able then, in you know, down the line in years, to then bear the Son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Poor Joseph was not involved. And to make it a little more confusing, poor Joseph and Mary agreed that they would have no relations because of this 
special privilege that Mary had of being perfectly pure from the moment of her conception. Because if Mary had children, it would be through a man, a fallen man, other than the Holy Spirit, of course, and that would then defile the infinite purity of Mary. Does that confuse people, or do do you understand? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Well, she had no relations with Joseph whatsoever, before, during, or after. All right? Now, you got to remember, there's one passage in the Bible, and it says, in Matthew's Bible, where it says, and Joseph had no relations with Mary until after the birth of Christ. But in the Greek translation, or the translation back through the Greek, the word after in that particular case does not mean that she did, or he did have relations with her. So, to answer your question is, Mary was dedicated to God from the moment of her conception and remain so. Uh, 1854. Yeah. Jane's question is that the church recognized and declared the dogma of the Immaculate Conception uh, in the year 1854. Alright. Um, the idea though is that that was not something new. That the Immaculate Conception was uh, a bone of contention all the way uh, from practically the uh, first century up through the third century and then was declared in the uh, Ecumenical Council of Chalcedon in the fourth century that Mary uh, was immaculate and pure and not defiled by man in any way, shape, or form, ever. <laughs> yes, Mike? Yeah. Well, yeah, Mike's question is one that uh, I've had to respond to a few times in the past. The angel appeared both to Elizabeth and Zechariah and to Mary and Joseph regarding the separate births of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. In the case of John the Baptist, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, questioned the angel because, first of all, they were both advanced ages, and he just doubted, and that's the point, he doubted that the angel could do or would do what he promised. And so that was the reason why he was struck dumb temporarily. Okay? Because of doubt. In Mary's case, she questioned the angel because she was confused as to how this was going to happen. Not that she was 
uh, negative about it, but she wanted to know how because she had no relations with mankind of any kind. And we kind of assume, but we're not certain, that she had made a personal vow of virginity to God. So one, in the case of Zachariah, was doubt. The other was confusion. Well, that's right. In the case of Elizabeth and Zachariah, they had been trying for a long time and had no children. Uh, in the case of Mary, she was not married. Uh, well, she was betrothed, but not completely married and had no relation and uh, apparently intended to not have any relations. Yeah. Now, there is this, there is this theory, theory only, that Joseph may have been a much older man and possibly married with children from his first marriage. Now, that's only a theory. It is not church teaching. But it could be that that would be part of the explanation of later in the gospel when we read or hear that Joseph, uh, or rather, Jesus had brothers and sisters, okay? He did not have biological brothers or sisters. Definitely, the church has said, ruled out, in no way did Mary have other children. So the whole idea of the incarnation is the birth of Jesus Christ in the womb of a perfect, pure virgin in order to become the divine and yet human sacrifice for the forgiveness of all sin. The idea of Mary being that perfect vehicle is what we call the Immaculate Conception. And everything that pertains to Mary stems from the understanding of what the Immaculate Conception is all about. Yes, ma'am? Brothers and sisters had a much broader meaning than it does today and covered close relatives and sometimes even real close friends. So just look at it that way. Uh, Remember, words change over a period of time. Even in our own time, we have words that have different meaning today than they did, say, 20 or 30 years ago. So words change. And that's why I say that the gospel is the word of God, but not the words of God. The difference between that is the message. The message of the gospel, so the message of the Bible, does not change. But the words change in order to keep up with common language. If you think about the original King James Version was written in Elizabethan English, and it would be very difficult to understand today. So they revised it. Okay? They didn't revise the message. They just revised the words. Okay? Yes, yes. 
Lot's comment is, after Joseph and Mary found Jesus one, uh, in the temple after the, he was about 12 or 13 years old, uh, then Joseph disappears out of uh, the Gospels and is not mentioned. Uh, we don't know for sure. Okay. Uh, apparently, uh, Joseph died at some point in time while Jesus was still uh, young. But we are not certain. There is just no record one way or the other. Okay. Uh, I was going to say before Jesus became of age, in this culture, becoming of age did not happen till about the age of 30. And that is why we believe that Jesus started his uh, public ministry with his baptism at about the age of 30. Uh, because if he had started to preach and teach prior to that, people would ignore him because he was not of age. Alright? That's the cultural thing. And we know that from the Bible text that there were three different uh, okay, so that would mean that Christ was about 33 years old uh, when he was crucified and died. Okay. That isn't that important. But it is important that you understand uh, the whole concept of the Immaculate Conception versus the Incarnation. Any problem? Yes, Dick. Isn't there a mention when Jesus goes into the synagogue and preaches so divinely, don't they say, isn't this Joseph the carpenter's son? Yes. So there is a mention of him, but at least he was still known. Yes. Yes, good point. Isn't this the son of Mary and Joseph? Yes. Yes, and he was past 30 at that time. Because he couldn't have done it otherwise. The other point that always bothers me, and I know I know your answer to it, but it always bothers me. He's just trying to show me up. <laughs> it seems to me that in this long story of Adam and Eve down to Jesus, that there were periods when free will was suspended for individuals. Uh, give me an example. Well, I mean, God knew that Mary would do what he wanted. She didn't really have free will to say no. Well, yeah, but if she was immaculately conceived, pure, etc., etc., then she could not in her own refuse. Well, you're right. Legally, she could have, but because of her devotion, it prevented her from doing it. But legally, she could have said no. It just seems that at times people don't really, individuals, well, no, where they don't really have free will. No, I... Same to you and me. (laughs) Especially me, yeah. Uh, No, I, I would say in this case that the devotion overrode or over 
rides free will. Okay. In other words, it's far more important than free will, and they give up their free will voluntarily. Uh, yeah, it's it's you have to look at it that way. I can't explain it any other way. That Dick's point is is correct. Uh, that at times, such as the little passage which we read here, uh, King David wanted to build a beautiful uh, temple. And God said no. So that was in his plan for somebody else. So, But David could build a beautiful palace if he wanted to. And David accepted that. Uh, and the temple was built by his son Solomon. Right. So there are times when it would appear that free will was taken away from somebody. But that isn't the case. It is that devotion overrides free will. Uh, it took so long, but I think this will work. Any questions? I'm almost afraid to ask that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, the question here was, what was in the Ark of the Covenant? There were three major things in the Ark of the Covenant. The major, the most important was the stones on which the Ten Commandments were written. Okay? The second was a jar of manna. Remember the manna that fed the Israelites while they wandered in the desert for several years. And this was a a sort of a sample remembrance of God's feeding them for so many years. And the third was the staff of Aaron, uh, the one that was used in opening a path through the Dead Sea uh, to get the Israelites across on dry land. And so that was revered as three instruments of God's direct uh association and helping uh, the Jewish people. That was, there is some, uh, there is some reference in the book of Jeremiah referring to Jeremiah's uh, recovering that out of the temple at the time that the Babylonians were uh, besieging the city of Jerusalem and hiding it in a cave which has yet to be found. Uh, most people think that that is legend and not history. Uh, the general consensus is that the Ark of the Covenant was destroyed uh, at the time of the Babylonian captivity because of the Jewish people's sinful life which got them to Babylon in the first place. Any other questions? Well, I apologize for the long delay in getting that started, but I think it was well worthwhile. It kind of supports what we talked about earlier and hopefully will uh, confirm the whole idea. Now, next week, I want to talk about the life of Mary and Jesus uh, pretty much 
the entire life because she was uh, very influential on many aspects of Christ as he was growing up. And we'll leave that uh, until next week. Any other questions? Well, let's... Uh, yes, uh, Connie? <laughs> well, if it is, it is now. <laughs> I don't, yes, it, it was. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's end with a, a prayer before I dig my trench a little deeper. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for this great gift uh, of the video and the teachings. But most of all, thank you for the great gift of Mary herself that respect let us recite Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary Mother of God pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death Amen O Mary conceived without sin pray for us through every course of thee Thank you and we'll see you next week <laughs>